Hi guys, Jeff Hawkins here. Uh, before we get into Shake Them Ropes, a uh, warning about audio. We recorded this on Zoom, and I did not realize that my Zoom account was not uh, was not picking up my microphone. It was picking up my internal mic on my laptop. So the audio is not what you're used to, but it's still a fun show. It's Rob McCarran and I doing the post show for night one. Chris November, you know, unable to make it tonight, but he'll be here with me tomorrow. Uh, so enjoy. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Take them ropes, post-WrestleMania night one edition. Jeff Hawkins, Rob McCarron here, Chris Novembrino unable to join us tonight because he had uh, he had some things to do for an hour or so, so we decided he'll be here tomorrow. Uh, but I will give his opinions because he was tweeting them to me throughout the night. Uh, Rob, overall, yeah. <laughs> he was so this is, this is uh, Shake Them Ropes, the edition where Jeff Hawkins reads tweets. Yeah, no, I'm not going to read tweets. I'm, I'm okay. just going to – it's just one of those things where <laughs> – it's very weird because I wanted sure. him on. I wanted him on here because he really didn't like this show. He huh. he liked the Daniel Bryan match. How he dare said he? The other matches in the performance center felt like raw for the he most liked part. The... Okay, all right. And I then mean... and then he just couldn't take the preposterousness of the Undertaker Boneyard match. For some reason, he he just it was it was beyond the pale for him. Oh this... well, I mean, this guy sounds like a hoot. No, I, well, it's a valid opinion, I think. I'm there are a, no valid opinions unless it's my opinion. Thank you. Even yours. Even yours I will judge very harshly. I'm about 50-50 on the whole show. I kind of liked a lot of it. I really All did. Right. I, okay. I did. Uh, All what, right. what was your thought? Oh, I mean, this show, what I can rate it on is a scale of was it better than it had any right to be? Yeah. And I think so. Yes. Any, any right for me to judge it anyway. Um, we went through the whole spiel last week on this show about, you know, if we if they could have done some things differently or if they could have tried and experimented differently. Um, you don't have to go too crazy with the experiments on WrestleMania, but they did that with the main event. I mean, they used the fact that, okay, this isn't going to be in an arena, so we might as well do something cool for The Undertaker. Um, you know, Braun Strowman was exactly what we thought he was, and that was going to be the world champion. Uh, this show overall was big hyped, and we'll get to it. Uh, I did miss a couple of matches in the middle of the show due to family obligations, which are very important right now. Um, so you won't get my thoughts necessarily. But uh, overall on this show, uh, I, thought, I thought it was a pretty fun couple of hours, and it, and it was just, this, just that. It was only three hours long, three hours and ten minutes or whatever it was. Um, it was a very quick w- watch. Are you going to go back and watch anything over again? I mean, maybe the Undertaker Styles main event, uh, maybe Strowman Goldberg, just for what it was, uh, maybe some of the big spots. There's some rewatchability on this show. There's some importance on this show. Um, I thought it was a good night, and it's got me a little excited for tomorrow night. Doesn't hurt that the match of the weekend that I've been looking forward to most is the main event of tomorrow's show. Uh, but yeah, overall, I would give this a thumbs up presentation. And let's be real here, Jeff. This very easily couldn't have been produced tonight. We may not have had anything to watch this weekend. So on that scale, it's a huge thumbs up because, hey, we got something that was new. We have something to discuss. We had something to watch. When everything else is shutting down, we got some new content tonight, and that's a win. I'm inclined to agree with you on on that. The only thing that really turned me off and insulted me was Stephanie's intro. Because I, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I just, I, I'm over, and we've, Chris and I have talked about this before. I'm over the, hey, just forget about what's happening in the world and enjoy yourself. And I'm like, I, I'm not at that point. I'm sorry. I can't, I understand what you're trying to do. It's and this like, isn't, 
you know, this is not the type of event that we're just trying to get away from it. Like we have to live differently because yeah. of this. This isn't something we're just trying to forget and we're trying to get back to normal. No, we're, we're trying to stay in the new normal for at least uh, a time period here to where we can get back to the other normal. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you mean on that. Um, but at the same time, like I thought it was a short little thing like, hey, here's some stuff to, uh, you know, for those in a position to enjoy yourself for a few hours, this is what we give you. And I think for, for the most part, tonight's theme was this was going to be the work rate stunt type show. I, huh. I, th- I, th- I think tomorrow's going to be very, very <laughs> melodramatic. Well, it's going to be very melodramatic between the Otis story and yeah. the Lesnar-Drew story and really wanted to pump up Drew as this big thing that overcame all the odds. And uh, what's another match that's on there tomorrow? Well, you got, I mean, you, Ripley and Charlotte. Yeah. Tomorrow is a very interesting show, a very different show. I thought you were right that today was going to be the work rate show. Just looking at the matches we had on here with Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, with the ladder match with Owens and Rollins. Uh, I, yeah, I thought this would be the work rate show. We didn't necessarily get all of that. And there's going to be some good matches in ring wise. I mean, the main event, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, to be honest, unless they go the quick route. Um, which I, I don't know if I expect with those two. Um, I do want to see two meaty men bumping meat. Like, that's what I want to see tomorrow. Like, Big E has the right idea. Uh, but, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance tomorrow. I mean, uh, Edge and Randy Orton, the last man standing. You do have the Otis and Dolph with Mandy and, uh, and Tucker and Sonya Deville. Uh, you have the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, you're going to have some, some wackiness, if you will. Uh, but about, about night one, I mean, yeah. And they delivered quite a few different things. They delivered the movie spectacle of Undertaker AJ Styles. They delivered the in-ring action of what I assume was the triple threat match. And even Becky Lynch, Shayna, while quicker than I thought. And, you know, if they were in front of people, maybe this match gets a little bit more time. But at the, on the other hand, it is Shayna Baszler. And I don't know how great she is in the longest matches. Even her NXT title run, she was having quicker matches. She was getting rid of Ember Moon quickly. She was getting rid of Io Shirai quickly. Uh, you know, I... I, I like the presentation. We'll get into the, each match and what we liked about it. Uh, but overall, this was, I would say this was a win. And the fact that we even got Stephanie McMahon on screen, to me, that's a win. I don't care what she said. <laughs> she was on TV doing stuff. Because with no Triple H on the show, I didn't know if we would see Stephanie. I didn't know if we would see any McMahons. She was the McMahon we saw. This, and you know what? If I'm going to see one of them, that's the one. Yeah, this exceeded my expectations. I'll be honest with you. I had very yeah. low expectations. At the same time, yeah, I, I won't go so far as with the Stephanie thing. You, Some people on, were just out there to be though. mad tonight. Like, I was responding to people who even before the show started, even before, like an hour before when they haven't announced the full card. And let's be real, this card had to change so much that, I, I'm, what are you expecting? Like, there were people who were arguing that I can't believe they released a, they didn't release a card. Like, they're insulting your intelligence by not releasing a card for each night. And like, if you buy one night, you're getting the other night. Like, you're not paying for these separately. If you have the network, unless your network ended, your subscription ended tonight, you didn't get night two. Like, you're getting both of these nights. I don't care what matches on what night. If you really want to only see one, you can wait until the show's over. Go handpick your one match that you wanted to see. But otherwise, this is not a big deal that WWE didn't advertise the matches. And then right after that little kerfuffle, they announced the matches anyway. They told you which match was happening on which night. So there were people going into the show who just wanted to be mad. And people are, you know, talking about Cesaro, Drew Gulak being the disappointment, even though it's a pre-show match. Never have, never have, like, preconceived notions going into a pre-show match, guys. It's just something there to get the announcers a little break. Like, let's relax a little bit. I think some people wanted to go into the show just wanting to be mad about it. And if you were going in that way thinking, okay, I'm just going to hate whatever's on here. This is stupid. Why are they even having this show? Like, don't watch it. Just go home. Stay home because you're probably already at home. Just relax. Read a book. It's not for you. You got co-opted, didn't you? No. It was just <laughs> like, I mean, if I was mad at anything on this show, like I didn't have to watch it. Right. I mean, it's, it's WrestleMania in name only. Otherwise, it's a network special with no crowd where, yeah, there's some important stuff that happened on here. But this important stuff that happens, and, and it sucks because Drew McIntyre is probably going to win the title tomorrow, and it's not going to mean anything, because none of this means anything until they're in front of crowds again. And that's not going to be for another four months at the earliest, and it could not be until 2021. It, the next pay-per-view with, with crowd uh, reactions, with people in the audience, 
might be the Royal Rumble. God forbid it might be TLC. Hashtag save TLC. But it's going to be a while. And none of this matters until they're in front of crowds again. It doesn't. It's just content to watch to get you through a couple of summer months where you're going to be bored, where only bad news is out there. It's just content. You can't be mad about it. We had an interesting choice of commentary teams tonight. Of course, representing Raw was Byron Saxon, Tom Phillips, the usual, but filling in on the SmackDown side with Michael Cole, his former partner, Sean Bradshaw Layfield. How did you feel how JBL did tonight? Yeah, it was fine. What I heard of the commentary throughout the show was perfectly fine. You know, with him not having to worry about crowds, with him not, you know, uh, having to be super heel bad guy the whole time. I thought it was perfectly fine. He probably would have been just as good, if not better, than what Corey Graves would have been. I don't know the story, but something's up with Corey Graves because I don't think he's been on any of these empty arena shows, has he? Like, he hasn't been on Raw. He hasn't been on SmackDown. So maybe he just couldn't get there or didn't want to go. Maybe he wanted to stay away. uh, Or they just didn't need him. But I was perfectly fine with JBL. Uh, You had to have someone in that seat. And I'm kind of glad they had one consistent voice instead of just, you know, bringing in a new person for every SmackDown match. Yeah, I, I would have liked, man, if they could have gotten Heyman, I would have loved that, I think. But, you know, this is the best as he could do. JBL has his JBL-isms. He loves going into old football coaches and, you know. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did that. and all that other stuff. But, you sure. know, I yeah. mean, it's as, it's as good as you can do on short notice. I really, you know what, you brought up something I hadn't even noticed. I hadn't even noticed that Corey Graves hadn't been on any of these. He, he hasn't on, been on the SmackDowns. He, right. he was on the pre-show. Right, with, uh, which was which was taped not in the performance yeah. center. I have to imagine. I have to imagine it was at their TV studios in Stanford. But right, which is yeah. weird because I think both Corey and Carmella live in Florida, don't they? Uh, no, I, I think it's Nashville. I want to say. Oh, okay. Well, that like might be it too. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're in Florida. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know why he wasn't there. Uh, I'm not really worried about it too much you know some people probably didn't go because they didn't feel comfortable maybe he's a guy who didn't feel comfortable maybe health-wise he didn't need to be there maybe they just didn't need him and they needed him more in the uh, tv studio for other things uh because they did have the espn stuff where they're doing the espn stand-ups for wrestlemania uh they aired at wrestlemania during the day today on espn okay yeah the last one that they were scheduled to show or no sorry tomorrow afternoon um will be the third one that they were showing so tomorrow afternoon before the wrestlemania night two starts you'll see WrestleMania 35. So last year's Mania on ESPN. And I know he's been doing work for that. He's been doing the stand-ups to introduce and get out of breaks on the ESPN show. So maybe they just wanted him to do other things and he couldn't be flying back and forth. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, so I was fine with JBL. Uh, It was perfectly acceptable. I didn't see any issues really with the commentary tonight. Uh, It was one aspect of the show that was pretty good, I thought. Of interest, just a little bit of news before we get into the card. Um, Breaking news or just news news? Uh, this is old news. Old news. That's the best kind of news on this show. I like news that we already know. Yeah, well, there was supposedly a conference call scheduled for today between our president, uh, the commissioners of the NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, PGA Tour, UFC, WWE, NASCAR, and MLS. Yeah, I need MLS back. Ugh. I don't know. I I think it's just, hey, are you guys <laughs> – I think – I don't know. I, it, it, I don't know if Vince will push getting these events up and running because I think he could say, hey, we have this performance center. We can still generate content. I think it'll be fairly quiet. Oh, Dana well, White, I, on the other hand, Dana White is a friggin' animal right now in terms of not a man – just wanting to get his fights going and bring in the cash. And oh, sure. Yeah, why I not? Think, I think everybody else, <laughs> I think the WNBA was a, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a nice bone to throw. Well, no, this it was, it, no, it's events that run major arenas. I'm sure he's going to have calls with concert promoters and all the others right. and everything. But no, this was, this was groups of people that run arena shows. That's what this call was about today. Yeah, we'll and see uh, if that goes anywhere. I don't think it will. I mean, I, the, I reports, nobody... the reports out of that call are that he's saying, yeah, NFL can start on time. We're going to have arena events running, you know, in August, September. It's going to be fine. We can have groups of, and big gatherings. 
And like, there's two different sides to that. If he actually believes that, he's a stupid person because it's not going to happen and people aren't going to go and you shouldn't have people go because there's your second wave. If you're hoping the first wave is over by then, there's your second wave when you put 50,000 people in an arena where just a few of them touching rails and touching ticket counters and touching everything that's in there. And the public transit to get back and forth. So if, if the one side is he believes that, he's a stupid person. The other side of that is if he doesn't believe it, but he's saying that to these arena owners, he's a stupid person. Oh, I don't think he's leading this call. I think he's going, what, what do you think the feasibility is and what can you do if you can't fill the arenas? I don't think he's going to be pushing them to fill, fill the arenas. I think he's just oh, kind of really? laying back. And, yeah, I don't I think do. he's pushing anyone. I think he's saying we're going to be fine for you to do that. Oh, okay. And that's not the case. Okay. It's not going to happen. And if the arenas decide to do it anyway, well, guess what? They just apparently have the president's backing because the president wants everything to get back to normal. Well, you, this is a time game. This okay, is well, the long on, game. Hold on, hold on, because I think you're, it's, if, if it was just the arenas, why not the arena owners? Why, why the commissioners of the leagues? Because the commissioners of the leagues are the ones renting these arenas and okay. leasing these arenas and owning, in some cases, the arenas. Mm. Can't run arena shows at this point. Of course, the arena owners and the cities will want, in some cases, money coming in and large attendance. It's not going to happen. And all the localities, I mean, you have the governor of California saying, yeah, that timeline isn't feasible. You're going to have city mayors of uh, cities that run these arenas saying, no, we're not going to have these gatherings. And it's going to go on for a while. And you know, I don't want to be downer guy here, but it's just not going to go on for a while. Even those who say, oh, I'm going to be fine, or maybe I've had it, or maybe, you know, this doesn't kill people like me. I'm healthy and I'm 35 years old or whatever the case may be. It's not about those people. Like, you can't just say, oh, let the healthy people go into this arena. It's, they might contract it, they might get this and spread it to other people outside of the arena who are more susceptible. And we can't be putting those people in danger, even though they weren't even at these events. There's just, and you can't be getting the athletes sick because then you don't have a league at all if leagues start up if the nfl plays games this year it's not going to be with people in the stands and to go out in these calls and say we're going to be fine to have people's in the stands is just dumb and it doesn't show that you either respect the timeline or respect what's happening right now or you're just naive to it all or you're a little too optimistic or you're a stupid person so let's go into this card shall we sure Uh, Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I, there's, there was no good transition for that. I almost called you Chris, Rob. There's no good transition for that. Sometimes uh, the truth hurts, son. Yeah. Um, Cesaro and Drew Gulak. This now, was a singles you, match. The winner of this match gets Daniel Bryan's affection. Drew Gulak, not a winner of, Drew, of Daniel Bryan's affection. Cesaro, however, wins with the old UFO, Jeff. Yeah. Cesaro Drew Gulak. I liked it. I, I you know, pre-show matches. It's my, my joke, of course, is Drew Gulak is, rest, is used to wrestling in front of this many people. Um, because every time, I, like when we went to the Rumble, he Don't was on the because. pre-show then. Don't yeah. say because. Oh, that, that pre-show at the Rumble. Um, was he the Rumble we went to? Yeah, he was, he was on, on the he pre-show? Was in, he was in that six-man. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Live. Yeah, I where, forgot like, that even existed. Because they were dragging their heels on letting people in, but they oh, were wrestling right. when we got there. That's right. I, uh, yeah, that's true. I don't even remember that match, but yeah, they started when we got there. I was still scoping out awkwardly the entire uh, suite we were in yeah. that night. So I was like, what's going on here? What's the vibe? Where can I sit? Who are all these people? All the people staring at us, wondering who the hell we were. Bougie Jeff springing for the suite. Um, we got a suite <laughs> for uh, Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, if I remember correctly. Yes. The night that Shinsuke Nakamura won, the night that Ronda Rousey debuted. What a show. What a weekend. <laughs> the night we were next to the only fan of Maddie I have ever met. That's right. Yep. That was also the last uh, two-day period that I've ever spent away from my wife. She will never let me go anywhere anymore, yeah. which is fine. I, I'm not trying to throw this on her. That's perfectly fine. I think me. you are. I think you've just, I think you need a divorce now. I think that's she tells what's me all, going on. She tells me all the time, stop leaving me. Don't leave me. And that's the only time since we've been together that I've left her, and she's left me like 10 times. <laughs> it's just, 
doesn't that, sound like an even relationship, Rob. But that one, that one time, <laughs> she'll go to, she'll go hobnobbing in Alaska and Maine, and just go to all these beautiful sites where I don't go. You go running around with your floozies out there, Rob. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Yeah, you, know, you don't leave me again. I'm like what? I, I'm just going to Dollar General here. This is turning to therapy all of a sudden. Oh, I love it. I love it. You should be so lucky to find someone who doesn't want you to leave them. That's what I say. So the, the, best. Pre- <laughs> the pre-show tomorrow. Drew Gulak, Cesaro, the winner of this match gets Daniel Bryan's affection. Jeff, Cesaro wins with the old UFO. What'd you think about it? <laughs> I enjoyed the match. It'll be much better than the pre-show match tomorrow, which is Liv Morgan and Maddie. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was short. It was to the point. It was kind of, uh, you can't really give Drew Gulak the happy. Uh, well, I guess you could have. You could have given him the win here. but <laughs> I tell you what. I'm telling you what. Drew Gulak has had more of a run than he had any right to. Drew Gulak had the big match with Daniel Bryan on pay-per-view. He's done a really good job. He's been in the company now for, what, three or four years. Yeah. Uh, the right man won in this match. I mean, Cesaro still has hope to do something bigger uh, down the line. I know he's been there for a while as well. Uh, but, a, you know, quick little four-minute pre-show match for the FS1 crowd to say, hey, if you want more wrestling action, if you want new content, subscribe free to the network for the next 30 days. And guess what? You get this WrestleMania. You get tomorrow night's WrestleMania. You're going to get more. It was whatever a pre-show match had to be. Stop being disappointed by pre-show matches, people. No, and, and you remember, I mean, when I went to, when I was still going to PWG back in the first couple years of the show. Oh, I yeah, I remember it finally. I, I know you don't because you didn't even remember the rumble, but I'm What's just PWG? saying PWG? Yeah, okay. But I, I used to drag Gulak because I just, I just, I found <laughs> the whole grappling thing boring. He didn't show uh, any personality. He was always in matches with like Tim Thatcher. I'm just like, eh, whatever. Which which ant was he? He was a uh, soldier ant, correct? I think so. I don't, I I don't know what you soldier. Uh, okay. He was, he was one of the ants uh, back when all the ants were skinnier. <laughs> Cassidy was skinnier. Tracy Williams was skinnier. They were all skinnier. They've grown up since then and all went their separate ways. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all we have to really say yeah. about Cesaro Drew Gulak. Uh, your opening match in the show, Jeff was one of probably the top five matches I was looking forward to most. I will tell you, not even worrying about the match itself, Asuka and Kairi Sane have been so on point for empty... It's like they're the only ones who understand how you can be different in empty arena shows. Asuka's fantastic. Kairi was great, too. They're so good. No, I'll I'll get to Kairi in a second because there's a point to this. Always playing second fiddle, that Kairi Sane. I know Asuka, well, Asuka was, has always been dance like no one is watching, and she's like that all the time. I was yeah. worried because if you watched this match, when Kyrie came out, she just looked like she wasn't into this at all. I don't know if you noticed that or not. You probably didn't, but I, I did. It looked like I, she like sullenly threw hmm. the, threw the uh, umbrella down. She kind of did a half-assed, you know, the thing that she does with the cape and everything. I was like, Oh, she is not into this. And then she got into the ring, and yeah. she was magic. And she, she was, was dancing. Absolute magic. She was great. She was fantastic. She was still doing her playing around. Like, Asuka's rubbed off on her, even though she was a little bit this way anyway. Mm-hmm. Asuka and Kairi Sane were performing, and they were performing for themselves. They were performing for the audience. Alexa Bliss was great. Uh, it was Nikki Cross was excellent, too. Nikki Cross was, like, ultra excited mm-hmm. because she's like, this is my WrestleMania. I'm finally having WrestleMania here. And to hell if there's no crowd here. This is WrestleMania. I'm going to treat it like WrestleMania. I thought this match um, overperformed, too. I thought yeah. this was especially the doomsday device that, uh, that the Kabuki Warriors did. I was like, that is friggin' awesome. That's great. Modified. Yeah, modified, modified doomsday. Okay, yeah, anything's a modified doomsday device, right? I mean, if, if it's modified, any it can be team, modified any from anything. Double, yes, any double-team move is a modified. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Modified anything. Um, but yeah, this match was the fourth longest on the show. It went 15 minutes. Uh, you know, when I, when I saw this, I'm like, man, they're going to give every match. It's going to be like a freaking AEW TV taping where it doesn't matter what match it is. It's going to be all of them, 15 to 20 minutes. And the first, and, three, and the first three of this were absolutely ridiculous. With, yeah. with Kyrie and Alexa and Asuka just oh, sure. all screaming and mocking each other. I loved it. Right? I loved the stupidity of it. It was great. No, I, I like this very, very much. Um, I thought it was fantastic. 
you have new champions. We have new champions in Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So we'll see what happens with TV because there's going to be a lot of empty arena wrestling here and possibly no wrestling at all uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, your new tag team champions, and Asuka and Kyrie Sane will now, I don't know. We'll have to see. They're going to, hopefully, they're going to keep getting time on these empty arena shows because they have been a highlight of them. And I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't know if this is going to be None a of program. Do. I don't know if they're going to bring back the Iconics finally to put them on TV. I don't know if they're <clears> going to bring in Nia again to team with Tamina. I mean, they're, they're, you know, if they decide to keep Bailey and Sasha together and just take the belt off of yeah. off of either of them and give it to like Lacey Evans, they can put Bailey and Sasha in a program with Alexa and Nikki, and that'd be fine too. Sure. I mean, you have options here, and and plus the belts can go from show to show. You can always. Put, put Alexa and Nikki on Raw again and have them fight those women if you're tired of seeing them fight these women. So It is one way, too, if you're going to tape TV, if you're going to continue to t- tape weeks ahead, uh, having these tag team champions on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, just like Asuka and Kyrie saying she can be on every, any show. You can have, you know, a segment of Raw, a segment of SmackDown feature the same people so you don't have to keep bringing more and more people in. Um, so there's some positives there. But right now, and this goes for any of the title changes, it just it's going to be a holding pattern until they start going back onto TV. I I don't know if I see any new new title changes happening of the important belts. Right. Uh, although I say that and I can easily actually see where they just keep changing titles, but no one's going to remember. No one's going to I I don't think anyone's going to remember the this period with the empty arena shows because there's so little of actual action happening except for the WrestleMania itself that I don't know if you're going to look back and say, oh, you remember those four months where there were no fans in arenas and all the crazy stuff that happened? No, I'm not going to remember any of that. I'm not going to want to remember any of that. Uh, So we'll see what they go with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but I am glad that they're continuing to get TV time. We'll see what happens with Asuka and Kyrie Sane, but Alexa and Nikki have been one of the highlights too on the empty arena shows. Agreed. We have Elias and King Corbin. I, uh, King Corman did the deal, right? Where he threw Elias off of like scaffolding or whatever it was. And Elias fell. Yeah, the, 15, crow, the crow's nest. The crow's nest, sure. Elias fell 15 feet to his death. He is the new Undertaker. Uh, he is the new dead man. Uh, stealing that gimmick away from Mark Calloway. Uh, Elias comes back, gets the victory. But there was a time there where I thought this angle was actually going to give King Corbin a new opponent. Like I really expected Jeff Hardy or someone to show up and be the new opponent, and that was going to be like your WrestleMania surprise, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But no, Elias comes in, the match goes nine minutes, which was eight minutes and 50 seconds too long, and we had a winner in Elias. I was with you on a new opponent, but I swore it was going to be Gronk. I thought Gronk was going to get a pin here, and and it'll be be that moment that they could play on your ESPNs and your Fox Sports ones and all those other things. Absolutely. Yeah, this is textbook WWE. Two big guys kind of uh, lumbering around and doing stuff. Um, is Gronk is Gronk going to win the twenty four seven title? Is that why they put it on Truth? Like, is he going to win it from Truth this weekend? I think so. He's got to do something, right? And he'll like, probably lose it to Mojo, or just give it to Mojo. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> here you go, here you go, Mister Raleigh. Um, that's a belt. Like, I really wonder, like, during all this time, why they aren't doing more with that. Like, I know they did the really? deal where are yeah. they? I mean, are they doing a ton of stuff with it? It's trash, Rob. They're not. They're, no, they, I'm just saying for content wise. I know they did the deal with uh, with Riddick Moss, where like he was just jogging outside, like in Florida, and our truth came and won it from him in the car. But yeah, but I, that's I'm what they do. It's for it's for their social media stuff. That, well, that's what it. the belt it's is the social, for. It's the social media belt. Yeah. But that's not what it started for. Like, it started no. to give more unpredictability on TV and let, let you do some of that uh, on TV. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, maybe, it's, maybe they will. It started because the USA Network suggested it. I mean, we're four months away from the football season started. Like, you could easily <laughs> just have Gronk show up every Sunday on NFL, on Fox NFL Sunday. That's with true. a title around his waist and keep having dudes run in while he's on TV. And always Gronk is besting him. I mean, why not have some synergy there with the NFL? They would love that synergy, like more than what they already have. Yeah, they did that already with the uh, college football kickoff. They did it with college football, yeah, Yeah. because NFL is going to be a little bit tougher. But I'm saying have that with Gronk and the NFL Sunday show and 
get the rub a little I, bit. I uh, just, but that's a long I think, time away. I think the NFL will brush at that because they're already having oh, of course they would. Like, they're already having problems having Joe Buck read <laughs> his reads. If you've ever heard one of his live reads, so the WWE presents SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you wish the Fox partnership guys could take it more seriously. Um, Kenny Albert does a pretty good job yeah. taking it seriously. Uh, but uh, I don't even know if it's Kenny Albert or the other guy I'm thinking Gus of. Gus Johnson does a pretty good job on his reads. Yeah, there's another guy. Who is Rob it? Harlan, uh, Kevin Harlan is Kevin, the one oh, I was thinking Harlan's, of. Harlan's the best. Yeah, Kevin oh, no, Harlan's, Harlan's the best. On C- Harlan's on CBS, isn't he? Uh, Kevin Harlan? Yeah. Uh, for NFL, I think he's on Fox, actually. No, I think he's on CBS. I think he's on Monday Night Football, the radio. Kevin Harlan, Fox, uh, NFL, let's see. He might be on CBS. Okay. <laughs> well, no. Well, is he on? He's on NBA on TNT. That's where I'm talking That's about. So, Kevin Harlan. Yeah. Kevin Harlan's reads for AEW yes. are what are excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's what I wish they would do that more with the Fox guys. Like, take it seriously. The AEW reads, when they were being read on NBA, by any of the guys, even Marv Albert, were always so good. Mm-hmm. They're uh, pros. And Joe yeah, they is, are pros. Kevin Harlan is a baseball guy. NFL. I baseball want to guys s- aren't pros. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do this, I'm going to try and trigger you while we're doing All right. All righty. Anywho, um, what else? What else we got? Where were we at here? Becky uh, Lynch blah, blah, blah. defeated Shayna Baszler. Uh, Oh my gosh. Raw women's title. You know, what's funny is her coming in on the semi in the pitch dark. When I think it's seven 45, it wouldn't be pitch dark there. <laughs> Just a little continuity there, but that's a small thing. No big deal. Uh, yeah. Becky Lynch gets the win. This is a match where I thought it actually would have gone over really well if it were in front of the big crowd, because it was pretty quick. Uh, there weren't moments. There weren't a lot of long, slow moments that in front of a crowd would have died. Um, I thought the finish was a little quick. Like she just, she sunk her in and then Becky did the reversal where you roll behind and do the pin. Like, I think there should have been more of her sinking in and Becky trying to escape before just going into the roll. But uh, in front of a crowd, this match would have been much, much better than what it looked like in front of no arena. Although it was still fine. There's nothing terrible on the show at all. Not a, not a single thing that was bad on the show. Uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler might have been the most polarizing thing on the show, though. I think if they had been in front of a crowd, they would have done a few more spots where Becky's struggling to get out of the clutch, you know, and, and you know, please don't tap, please don't tap. And then that would have right. made this ending a little bit better. The problem with this ending is twofold. Number one, I think they're going to try and tell the story like they're telling with Rhonda that she had her shoulder up and she didn't. That's, oh no, she I don't think they're gonna tell that story at all. Because she was nowhere near. And they didn't I mean, they didn't really mention that on commentary unless I missed it. Like nothing nothing was even questioning. Uh no, but but it was it was the way that Shayna basically yeah. said I had my shoulder up. That makes me think maybe they do maybe they okay. do that. I don't yeah. I don't necessarily see that, but uh what what do you think about this is now I think the second time that she's lost the match that exact way. Third. It's third, the third okay. or fourth, at least, because I know she lost to uh, Ember Moon. I believe she lost it that way. I believe she lost to she lost the finals of the the May Young Classic. I think one year, maybe this way. Yeah, and then this. Okay. So yeah, we every time she yeah, it, it's not every time she's lost, but the time she's so, lost, it's been like this, and it's yeah. just. Unless that's going to be a thing that they bring up and like, yeah. maybe, hey, I need a new finishing move or maybe I'm not exactly who I thought I was in, in submissions. Like, if they make that part of the story, great, and they can have this footage of her losing matches this way. Otherwise, it's just lazy. Hey, I'm going to put you in my finish so I look strong and you're going to get the fluke win every single time. Yeah, this is the only way she's lost to other than the Rhea every Ripley, single time. Other, other than the Rhea Ripley uh, win on NXT where she got basically side-slammed off the middle rope. Make it a little bit different. Just a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. Because I think they're afraid of making her look weak by having her take a finisher. And I'm just, sure. okay, I, I don't get that. But yeah. do you think they've lost faith in her? Shayna? Yeah. I, I don't think they have yet, but I could easily see them yeah. losing faith in her. I think if, uh, she, if they had faith in her, she would have won this match. Because it was time to get the belt off of Becky, in my opinion. I don't think they have much faith in her wrestling for some reason. Okay. Like, because they, I mean, I uh, consistently 
under 10 minute matches on NXT TV. She doesn't wrestle a lot. I don't know if they like her in the ring, which is a little surprising. I think it's I, a look. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think she's terrible. Oh, her on Raw is a strange fit. Yeah. Like, it just is a strange fit. She's different. She's unique, but she's no Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, you can get away with, uh, you know, not even look-wise, just demeanor and talking on the mic and all that. I think Shayna's perfectly good. I think she can do fine on Raw or SmackDown, but I just wonder if, like, the NXT world is what's best for her in, in WWE. It may be. I kind of agree. I, I kind I think, of agree. Yep. Or even putting her in like in the SmackDown universe wouldn't be the worst thing. The problem is you have Sonya Deville in there who's already got the MMA gimmick. And you have a lot of... Oh, I don't even know if she's got the MMA gimmick. She just punches. She just does air punches. You have a lot have of the, MMA gimmick. the lower tier of the women in SmackDown, which is kind of... I'm going to be generous here, and I won't name names, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think, but see, in NXT, she seems like such a big fish in a small pond. It's sure. it's very odd. Because um, I can I can see them switching up. Because Rhea Ripley, to me, uh, I think would be perfectly fine on the Raw, and she could be huge. I'm gonna uh, be I'm gonna be interested in this up. match tomorrow because I think Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley's good, but she's not able to go a long time just yet. Mm. I don't know how it's going to work because I, I see Charlotte winning the title tomorrow, but then like just move Rhea Ripley on and put her on raw. But like, how do you explain it? Does it even right. matter if you explain it that way? Like raw, you know, Charlotte flares, the NXT champion, we had to trade her and we're trading her for Rhea Ripley. Okay. Whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. do something, but yeah, that's, that's going to be one of those matches where I actually care about the result. Cause there were a few on this show where I actually cared about the result. Uh, the next match wasn't necessarily one of them. Uh, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan didn't so much care for the result, but wanted to see the match itself. It was not a match you might expect with Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, but it was kind of the match of the story that's been played with Sami Zayn here, where he doesn't want to get in the ring. He doesn't want to fight. He's hiding behind Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. He played it like he was an 80s manager who the babyface somehow got in the ring, and he's just begging for his life. Yeah. I think you nailed that. that. That was actually my thought. It's still very weird to me to watch Sami Zayn work heel. It really is. I, I think he's such a natural underdog babyface, and that's why they put him in this position to to make him basically a flake so that <laughs> so that he has no heel credibility, sure. which is very weird, especially if you're going to beat Daniel Bryan this clean. Um, but, but super clean, super clean kind of out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Like This match had an abrupt ending – uh, it was six minutes or so of Sami Zayn begging for his life and Daniel Bryan having the upper hand. And then Sami Zayn was kind of doing some fighting back. And then three uh, minutes of chopping the hell out of each other. Right. And then the, we did. We got the chopping as part of that two-minute stretch, and then all of a sudden, the finish. And Sami Zayn gets the victory. So what help is Drew Gulak? Uh, I wonder if we see a breakup between Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak because, hell, I lost the Intercontinental title match. What help are you? Uh, you know, does Sami Zayn move on from here or Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan? Are they going to be intertwined here for the next you know, couple of weeks on the TV they've already taped? Actually, uh, I think it might strengthen the Gulag Bryan story. Okay. Because, because if you remember, there's that moment where Dan, where Gulag goes to attack and, and, and throw in Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan goes, no, let him go. Let him in. Okay. When yeah. Gulag was going to interfere on his behalf. So it might just be this is one of the mistakes Daniel Bryan's making and Gulak can help shore it up type of thing. Sure. It's just interesting that you had in the artist collective or that this group here, they beat everyone. They beat Drew Gulak and they beat Daniel Bryan. They were undefeated on WrestleMania night. So obviously they're here to stay and they're a strong unit. Uh, but where the uh, intercontinental title goes from here, I just don't know if, we're going to keep seeing Zayn and his group against Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Maybe Daniel Bryan moves on. Uh, but what's next for Sami Zayn? Because he is really this guy who doesn't want to fight, doesn't want to be a part of this. So what he's going to do next is interesting, I would say. And is he going to wrestle real matches? Like, Because this was not a Sami Zayn match. So is he going to get back to wrestling Sami Zayn matches, or is no. this his new normal? This is his new normal, I think. I think he's going to be the champion whose flunkies beat up the guy, and then they throw him in, and he gets a hell of a kick it's and, just, and wins. It's just so I mean, this guy hasn't had a singles match 
where it's like a Sami Zayn match for two years. Yeah. It's been two years now. What's going on with it? And maybe he's just not recovered. Maybe he just can't work the same. Maybe they're fearful. Maybe he's fearful of an injury. But the Sami Zayn we knew two years ago just doesn't exist anymore right now. No, it doesn't. And then the one from Dallas is is non-existent. I mean, it, it, this is this is almost – it's funny because everybody goes, man, Nakamura got so lazy when he got to WWE. And it's like, well, he, he just wanted to surf and make a lot of money. Yeah, he's doing this it. Is kind of, this is kind of Sami Zayn – I'm not saying Sami Zayn's lazy, because I won't. But this is him taking it easy a bit, and sure. and just kind of doing the entertainment portion versus the hardworking indie guy thing. It is uh, all both of those guys' careers have been wacky since that match in Takeover Dallas. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of you know people just aren't the same. People aren't the same anymore. Uh, we had John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, Kofi Kingston triple threat match for the inter or for the uh, tag team titles. Uh, this was the second longest match of the show, settling in at about 18 minutes. John Morrison gets the victory, so he's uh, the Miz. They're not too mad at him. Uh, he's still the tag team champion, so hopefully he recovers and these guys will continue doing what they've been doing on SmackDown. Uh, John Moore, I didn't watch this match. I had a, uh, a family event kind of happen in the middle of this thing. So I will let you kind of discuss your thoughts on it. But John Morrison is still the tag team champion. This match is worth watching um, for you to go back and watch. It's, it's much better than it should have been. It would have been great with a crowd, but they beat the hell out of each other on these ladders. Morrison did a starship pain off of a ladder, which you know, was one of the better ones he's ever done. Um, you know, you know when the Usos and the New Day get involved, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. There was a spot where <laughs> Jimmy throws this ladder and basically Kofi eats it. He goes, how's that taste, Kofi? Yeah. Just talking <laughs> the entire time. Fantastic. The ending of this thing, I, I was, did you see the ending at least? No, I didn't see any okay. bit of this match. Okay. Because the ending was a little, you know how in ladder matches we've now had to get a little bit too cute by half in terms of guys slowing down, climbing so that other people can get up there and doing set pieces and other things like that. Um, it, it was one of the better non-stalling type of ladder matches where guys are just kind of waiting for other people to get their thing going. But the end had all three of them with the two titles, with the hanger in their hands. Morrison ends up falling onto a ladder that that's been bridged there and the title belts have, have fallen down onto the ground. One of which had kind of caught on, on one of the ladder rungs. And so as Morrison slinks down to the mat, he grabs a title and he wins. And it was like, okay. But the whole point was all three of them had removed the two belts. So you know, they always try and change the rules of the ladder match as to, okay, is it, do you have the possession of it or do you come down on the ground with the, with the belt? And that means you win. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things where they get cute with the rules, but overall the match was entertaining as hell. And remember Morrison, <laughs> they kept going, hasn't been in the WWE in 10 years. He's past 40 and he's yeah. doing this stuff. And Man, they these guys are going to need a chiropractor tomorrow. I'll put it that way. It, and to do it in front of nobody, to do it just in front of the people watching on TV, and all three of these guys combined may have made less in uh, this night than Gronk for yeah. hosting the show. Yeah. Kevin Owens. Match. Kevin Owens. Seth Rollins. No disqualification match for just the just the grudge of it all. Uh, Kevin Owens gets the victory. What I saw of this one was the stage dive, an incredible moment. Um, I don't believe I saw really any crazy edits no. or cuts on this one, so we no. just got it straight up. And no crash pad. No crash Excellent. pad this time either, yeah. Perfect. Kevin Owens for the win. Uh, so Kevin Owens voluntarily makes the fall. That killed Elias. So hooray for Kevin Owens. He's very, very brave. Um, because I saw the last 20 seconds of the match, Jeff, fill in the blanks in the first 17 minutes. Okay. Uh, basic match between Seth and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens having the upper hand. Seth Rollins kind of playing the Weasley heel until they finally get out to the outside where Seth Rollins hits Kevin Owens with the ring bell, causing the disqualification. 
Bell rings. Seth is on his way up. KO gets on the mic and, you know, basically calls him a coward and let's make this a no DQ match. Okay, okay. They get back there. Uh, Owens eventually gets Rollins to the outside, hits him with the ring bell twice, lays him on the table, goes up to the sign and uh, dies for our sins. The real Messiah, Kevin Owens. Yep. Kevin Owens getting the big victory. Um, and then I would imagine another match between them on Raw at some point. Why not? Let's keep going. I don't see this one ending with that for some reason. I think yeah. they're going to keep going. Because what else are you going to do? I think eventually you're going to have to get Murphy and the AOP involved in this whole thing and have uh, Sure, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't I, know I, how Rollins is doing. Rollins seemed pretty, pretty hurt after that. Yeah, and maybe we don't see him for a while. Maybe I, I would expect you know some of these guys you just don't need to bring back. I mean, this night had, what, nine matches? Tomorrow night has nine matches. There's a lot of guys on these shows. We may not see many of these people here for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need them all either you don't you don't need this many people on tv doing stuff especially not matches um we go to braun Strowman goldberg braun Strowman was indeed the replacement for roman reigns this is a singles match for the universal championship uh goldberg coming in still had security because you know you just got to be careful around (laughs) (laughs) around wwe employees and it's still a little bit of security there uh, so low rent though compared to his other stuff oh sure but <laughs> i want to get your thoughts jeff on the uh, smackdown announcement uh didn't really go into why roman reigns wasn't on the show and that's perfectly fine didn't really try to make any excuse for why roman reigns wasn't on the show didn't even mention roman reigns wasn't even just, really an announcement was it? it was just oh here's was, the match it was michael cole running down the card for wrestlemania yeah. and when it came down to the title match Goldberg, and now Braun Strowman with no explanation of what you had seen on TV the last few weeks. So they're just assuming, like everyone else, that no one cared or watches the rest of the television. Uh, But Braun Strowman, Goldberg, singles match for the title. This was finisher, 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 and then finisher, 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 finisher. One, two, three. Jeff Hawkins, we have a new world heavyweight universal champion. Uh, Yeah. Um, I I was going to go back to what we were talking about with, with this Goldberg thing um, with the announcement, I think Vince just didn't want to number one, bring up the current unpleasantness as or what, what is this, the, the, the euphemism. I can't remember what the it current is, circumstances, current circumstances, but also and, if it is health related, I mean, I understand not wanting to bring up health related aspects. Like if Roman Reigns is choosing because of yeah, you know past battles, it's a HIPAA thing. You can't you can't violate that. I, I'm just like yeah, don't I, Roman Reigns not on the show. This is your match. Like let's just get straight forward to the point. I don't. I didn't really need an explanation. Like if you want an explanation, you can find it. Why Google Roman Reigns off WrestleMania? You'll find it. Uh, yeah, they didn't have to go into too much detail. So it would have been nice though, to just say hey, he's gonna be unable to perform, but. You can, I, you can say the words Roman Reigns, right? Because you did spend three weeks of television building yeah. up to Roman Reigns Goldberg. This was your main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, Goldberg, Roman Reigns was one of the top two matches on your yeah, show. You don't have to say, oh, due to cancer and the fact that he has a lowered immune system, he's not going to be here. But yeah, overall, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so we got Braun. Uh, he won the finisher battle. And he's your new Universal Champion, which uh, we expected. We went on uh, on episode 397 of this. Uh, we expected fully that Braun Strowman would win. I mean, it's kind of the end of the line of Goldberg. I, I mean, at this point, you never know if he's going to wrestle again because those Saudi Arabia shows are still going to pop up and guys come back for that. But on a regular show, I wouldn't expect to see him wrestle in the United States again. Um, unless he really wants that one final send-off in front of a crowd. If he wants the WrestleMania moment next year in front of people, I could see that happening. But otherwise, this was kind of the send-off for Goldberg. Braun Strowman gets the big win. He's your universal champion. And now you can do Braun and Roman once you start getting back into a little normality. Uh, the question here becomes, does Braun Strowman go heel, or is he a babyface champion? I think they just do it as you know the two biggest dogs in the yard. You know, going at, I don't think they want to turn Braun because, you know, get these hands, moves merch. Oh, yeah. And people like him. Okay. Well, do you risk, what about this? Do you risk turning Roman Reigns heel? Like just going full all out with that? Because if Roman, if Roman Reigns came back though, let's be real. At the risk of fantasy booking, 
how cool would it be if Roman Reigns came back, like as a surprise at some point down the line, you know, attacks Braun Strowman, does something with Braun Strowman, he gets out and he's the one to give the line, I'm not finished with you yet. Oh, so I think good. they could still do that without him being a heel because I think it's too soon to turn him heel after the leukemia thing. I, I really do. I just did it in my head. I have the next three <laughs> months of Braun and Roman just playing out in my head right now. I am such a fan of WWE right now in my head. So, WWE really knows how to book in my head. I tell you that. So three more months of shows from you, huh? Randy Orton's getting an hour-long Last Man Standing match tomorrow. That's how booking in my head works. And Randy Orton's winning. More stay on that later. For, stay tuned for 2020-2021 Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Chris Novembrino. <laughs> if I had my way, Edge versus Randy Orton tomorrow night wouldn't end until next year's WrestleMania. <laughs> if I had my way. They just, they just keep fighting like in the background of Raws and stuff like that. And they never, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take that. I will um, say Goldberg's two. So Goldberg has wrestled at WrestleMania three times now, right? Yes. He's done... Brock Lesnar twice, and he's done Braun Strowman. Uh, his Brock Lesnar match number two and his Braun Strowman match went maybe a combined five or six minutes. So much shorter than his match with Brock Lesnar. The, so overall, his last two matches have been much, much better because they didn't go forever. You're getting the full Goldberg experience, and they've both been losses. A loss to Brock, a loss to Braun. So hooray for Goldberg. Coming out here, doing his quick matches, getting the most out of him and putting the other guy over. Goldberg's run the last couple of WrestleManias has been exactly what you would want, an old-timer coming back who had some crowd uh, uh, reputation and some stock in him. This is what you would want from a guy coming back. Uh, yeah. He's done it the right way. This match, I thought, was everything it should have been, and it, and it delivered. I, I had no issue with it. I thought, you know, the Spears are looking a little weaker. I don't think... I don't think uh, he has as much oomph in him, but he shouldn't at his age. Well, he's half the size, too. I mean, yeah. I, I watched, uh, what did I watch the other day? His Hogan match on Nitro where he won the title and some of his early, early matches on Nitro. And the dude was still NFL steroided up. Yeah. I mean, this guy was gigantic. And he's half the size now. I mean, he's an older guy. He's half the size. He's leaner. Uh, he's probably healthier now than he was at the time. Uh, but yeah, it's a different Goldberg. But he's done super in his return like this most recent run where he's had the quick matches with Brock Lesnar he had the world title match with with Kevin Owens I mean this has been the best run he had I mean this blows away his WWE run the first time for and sure it was great on the microphone yes. during this whole thing but he learned how to have a personality somewhere when he learned was doing how to have television a yeah and there were some clunky moments like somewhere he was trying to be super old tough guy like I really like the moments where he's just a dad who had some glory in the past and wanted to see if he could still have some of that glory and sometimes he did sometimes he didn't like he found the Goldberg moment where he beat Brock the first time he lost the Goldberg when he when he lost to Brock the second time like he lost that Goldberg moment he just didn't have it it's been perfect I mean Brock this this Goldberg run earns him and he'll go into the Hall of Fame soon enough but I mean this guy is he's in the Hall uh, of Fame Oh, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, there you go. Yes. Okay, well, hooray for him, okay? <laughs> the, the legacy has gotten better, I think, with this return. Some guys, you'll ruin the legacy with their old timing. And if he keeps doing the Saudi Arabia shows, you're probably going to lose it. He had that clunker with Undertaker in Saudi Arabia where he almost killed Taker. So there are some times where he hasn't been great. But overall, I think this has helped his legacy and not hurt it. I agree. I think, uh, I think you know, it's funny. I think this is the one guy who this empty arena stuff is actually a blessing to because we had his great goodbye. Was it last year or two years ago? Undertaker was, I think, two years ago because he didn't wrestle yeah. at WrestleMania last year. Yeah, so two years ago, his, you know, I just wanted my kid to see me. Had a great goodbye on television on, on either Raw or SmackDown. I can't remember, and it was great. It was Raw, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this, he can just kind of, okay – I got the check. I did this company a favor mm -hmm. for whatever reason. They didn't want Bray Wyatt having the title going into mania. And I was there to transition for him. Now the big test here is does Braun Strowman change his delivery or his demeanor any as a champion to get over as a champion rather than just Braun Strowman as a belt, which has been a huge problem on the SmackDown roster. Kofi Kingston no. had an issue with it. And now Braun Strowman, 
SmackDown as a whole has been a disaster since they've gone to Fox because they haven't done anything differently except bring in a star or two every once in a while, try to make Cain Velasquez a star, but they haven't done anything differently. And your main events, they don't put the main events on second. They almost treat it like Saturday night's main event when they would do the big thing first and then go. Like their main events are usually nothing to, to stay tuned for. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all been a disaster. But if Braun Strowman is going to come out and be monster, you know, good guy, babyface, and then you get monster, good guy, babyface, Roman Reigns back, and you actually have a battle on who can win. Because the thing is, too, and this is why going back to their first run together, Braun and Roman, it's so important because Braun Strowman got victories over Roman. You know Braun can win. This isn't Roman Reigns is going to win every single match. This is not a one-sided affair. This is Randy Orton versus John Cena, where each guy would win some matches here and there. Uh, there's some stuff you can do here. Braun Strowman is a champion. I'm just interested to see if he stays as a good guy or if they're going to make him that heel monster again like they like to do with heel monsters. Uh, but you can't really, can't really do anything with a turn until you get in front of crowds, right? I mean, because the crowd's going to decide if you're a babyface or a heel, if they want to cheer Braun Strowman. And those first couple nights back with crowds are just going to be hyped because just the crowds will be happy to have WWE back. But what happens on the second week and the third week? Are they going to boo Braun Strowman? Are they going to, they're going to heal on Braun Strowman? Who's his opponent? Who's he going up against? There's a lot at play here. I, just, uh, I am interested to see what they do with Braun Strowman now as the champion and the face of the Fox Network TV show. Jeff, it is time for the main event. What a match. Maybe a controversial match. Maybe a polarizing match. They did some things differently. They went to the boneyard. They went to the gravesite. AJ Styles versus Mark the Undertaker. This, sir, was amazing in so many ways. Before we get into all those ways, your initial thoughts. Main event time. They did not hold this in the arena, nor the empty arena. This was on location. All, the, all that talk about on location and closed sets. This is what they were talking about on this night anyway. Undertaker coming out kind of like Biker Taker mm-hmm. against Alan Jones Styles. What do you got? I had been calling for them to do more theatrical productions, even though I know that I don't like a lot of Vince's uh, tendencies on these things. I really was into this, at least for the first seven eighths, maybe three fourths. There's there's a, there's a moment in this match where I just I just went all right, too preposterous for me. Oh weird. come on! Yes, come on! Yes, but overall this was as good as it could have been. I this think was awesome. I this was... I liked I liked Taker in this a lot. I liked hearing. Oh this. yeah! I loved hearing the conversation between these two. So this was action I... movie fight scene. I yeah, liked to... that. To paint you the picture, AJ Styles is in the boneyard. Undertaker shows up on the motorcycle. He's got the bandana on. He's got the vest. Should have had Limp Biscuit. Come on, I mean, he's 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 a mix between Biker Taker and just old man Mark, like guy who's still in the motorcycle club. Doesn't probably go to all the events. Just a legend around the group, and sometimes he'll show up to beat one of the young kids. Like that's what Undertaker was tonight. And AJ Styles was initially scared. Like, he really had to get the upper hand before he started doing anything. There were, there were caskets. There were hearses. There were just, there was an already, there were druids. There was the OC who got involved. There was a barn. Yeah. There was, eventually we got to the already dug grave for one of these two. The conveniently placed uh, tractor that would eventually lower dirt on the, uh, on the lost soul. Uh, but overall, it was 30 minutes of AJ Styles and Undertaker talking trash to each other while they punched each other and hit things on them. Uh, and then eventually Undertaker just uh, got the upper hand. There's not, not much more you can say about it. It's a 30-minute battle that Undertaker eventually gets the upper hand on, pulls out some magic with the Druids, taking care of the OC. It was just a fight. It was fun. Like The whole time I'm watching it, I'm not waiting for it to end. I'm looking to see what they do next. I'm loving that Undertaker is doing his trash, uh, his trash talk in his normal voice. Like, he's not trying to do the deep Undertaker voice. Rest in. He's not trying to do that. Like, he's doing Mark's voice. He's calling AJ Allen, calling him boy. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you what you keep saying to me, boy. Like AJ would do something under his breath, and I, what's that? Like, tell me more. What are you sorry for? What are you sorry for, boy? I loved it. I loved every minute of this. Uh, haven't got to the ending yet, but I, I loved every 30 minutes of this. I absolutely loved AJ Styles' entrance. <laughs> I howled. Yeah. Him coming out of there. Uh, the Druids. I, 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 that was a point where I go, okay, this is going to be a little ridiculous. I'm fine with that. I was I want more ridiculousness. This, oh, no, I, Jeff- no, no, let me finish here. Let me finish oh, I, here. I, wanted right, be, okay. I wanted even more ridiculousness. I want I these Druids to be either former Undertaker opponents, maybe like Mark Henry from the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Henry bringing the Max stuff. You know, oh, Ric Flair in there. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Jeff Jarrett, maybe. Yeah. Or, or it's that group. You remember when, when that big group with Jarrett and Yokozuna and Tenru during the Rumble all put, put Taker into that casket? I wanted that to be them. <laughs> Just have all these guys, you know, have that as a callback. But the point I couldn't get past, Rob, and I'm sorry. He's in the grave, and then a new taker pops up behind AJ yeah. Styles. I went, look, I would have taken ninjas at any point in this match. I would have taken robots, pirates, monkeys with, like, crowbars. I would have taken all that. The second Undertaker. It wasn't the second Undertaker. Undertaker was, was in. It was him. Un- no, Undertaker was in the grave, right? AJ Styles goes to the tractor to start lowering dirt on him. And then as he's starting the engine and doing his trash talk, no, Undertaker just appears behind him. He could have climbed up. Like, AJ wasn't paying attention. He could have climbed up, nonchalantly gotten behind AJ. He's also the dead man. He's magic. Things happen. He's done. It was was a supernatural resurrection. He's done more supernatural stuff in the past before. Because if you notice, hold on, if you notice. It's taker be takerin. He's not the he's not the biker when he when he's up there. He's the dead man. He's he's changed nah. the gimmick. Nah, he's the same taker. I think you were just I think you were fooled by the lighting. <laughs> oh, the backlight where he just yeah. jumps up. <laughs> yeah, I think you were fooled by it, Jeff. No, that that was that was phenomenal. Undertaker shows up. They've been doing some interesting cuts. The thing about this though is, let's be real. Like it was finally something different from the last three weeks of non-arena shows where everything was the same. It was something different, something unique. It was a cool way to end WrestleMania. It didn't feel like it was a WrestleMania main event per se because none of this stuff felt like WrestleMania. You're not doing anything in front of people. But of the, of the ways you could have gone about it, this was super cool. I think they should replay it on one of the shows this week, like replay it on Raw, replay it on SmackDown if you want to. Fill time, let people see it. It was interesting enough. Uh, but yeah, Undertaker gets the win. Undertaker comes from behind on AJ, who's on the tractor. He, uh, that's where AJ really starts begging for his life. Like he's saying, I'm sorry. Undertaker's like, oh, I'm proud of you, son. Like you gave me a good fight, boy. I'm proud of you. I'm not going to do anything to you. Starts to walk away. And then boom, turns around, big boot. AJ's in the grave. Undertaker lowers the dirt. Gets the official victory, I suppose. Don't uh, bury me. You know, don't bury don't, me. <laughs> yeah, don't. Oh, yeah, AJ, just nonchalant. Yeah, just nonstop saying as he's in the grasp of Undertaker, just don't bury me. Don't bury me. Don't bury me. And Vince is his classic, oh, classic anti hero yeah. guy who's just, yeah, I'm just going to take the kill shot anyway. <laughs> don't bury me. Don't bury me. Mr. Taker, don't bury me. Don't bury Undertaker, me. Undertaker buries him. And then there, one of our final shots before we see Undertaker ride off into the sunset, you have AJ Styles buried with his hand sticking out, his lone hand sticking out. Uh, and, <laughs> and no OC to be found. They've been vanquished. Undertaker drives off in his bike, and we get a fade to black. The Undertaker victorious. Braun Strowman victorious as the new champion, new tag team champions, same intercontinental champion. Sami Zayn was right. He cut a promo before his match saying that he would do what few men have done. And I, he may be the only one who's ever done this. Walk in as the intercontinental champion and walk out as the intercontinental champion at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's been done before, uh, but yeah, he, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff on the show. The main event was certainly a spectacle. Um, Give it up to uh, at Michael Ryan Ruiz on Twitter. Oh, a- producer of Levitard. Yes, when AJ Styles gets out of that grave, the hair flip is going to be epic. And that is <laughs> for sure. And that was WrestleMania night one. Jeff, yeah. it, it, 
blew away my expectations. I'm really excited now for WrestleMania night two because I want to see that Brock Lesnar-Drew match. Um, I got a chance today to see the WWE Chronicle episode with Drew McIntyre uh, chronicling his last two months all the way leading up to April 1st. Like That's the final shot of his little Chronicle episode is just getting over the disappointment of not having this moment in front of the crowd uh, you know, just a couple of days ago. Uh, the Chronicle episode was really good. Um, there's some interesting tidbits in there. There are a couple of scenes that are just the same thing. Drew McIntyre says the same thing over and over. But overall, uh, my wife even watched it with me. She was interested in seeing it. Uh, also, my wife watched the open of WrestleMania tonight. Uh, the uh, What turned out to be you know, them on the ship and all the pirate garb and all this stuff. And then they kind of cut British into guy. a little comedy into yeah. it. Yeah, with the British guy. That wasn't like, bad. She was intrigued by it. Like it was different enough to where she was really intrigued by it. And she actually watched the entire open uh, and then, you know, quickly lost interest after that. But uh, yeah, WrestleMania was cool. Um, Go watch the Drew McIntyre Chronicle episode. Uh, Really kind of still embummed for him not getting his big moment in front of people. But I really want to see that match because I think Brock uh, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre one day, I actually do hope to see that match in front of people because I just think it's going to be epic. Those two can put on a hell of a show. I'm excited for it tomorrow. If it goes two minutes with Drew just getting a very quick, clean win, so be it. I think it'll be exciting that way too. But I'm hoping for a really classic match between the two as much as you can have a classic match with no people watching. Uh, that is WrestleMania tomorrow night. Jeff, this was really fun. Any last thoughts on WrestleMania night one? Vince McMahon said in Beyond the Mat, people think we do wrestling. We don't. We make movies. He got his chance to make movies for this WrestleMania, and I thought he did a pretty good job on, on, the, uh, on the Undertaker match. Had a couple of really nicely paced work rate type things for people like us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be it interesting. And, yeah. and if you want to come out by tomorrow night after the show and uh, do this again, you're more than welcome to do it. What are you, crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Rob. Good stuff. Uh, I got to get going here because I actually yes. have to make a call to my brother who uh, may or may not be in the hospital. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been calling family members all day. Hopefully he's not in the hospital. If he's in the hospital, hopefully it's for good reasons, not bad reasons. Right. I don't know what those good reasons would be, but you do that. Thank you so much. Have a good one.